Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Hey, good morning, Pastor here. I hope that you're having a great day. I'm excited to be able to be with you this morning and looking into the Word of God. I'd like you to take your Bibles, if you would, gather your family around, open up to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. We're going to take a look at the mission part one. The mission part one. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. The Bible reads this way. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. My Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to be able to open up your word. And Lord, I pray that you would bless this time that we have around your word and that you would use it in our lives. I pray that you would use it to convict us, that you would use it to conform us more to the image of your dear son. We ask you for this. And Lord, we pray that if there are those out there that do not know you, that today would be the day of their salvation. In thy name we pray. Amen. You know, I think it's absolutely amazing how God works things out. This is the second to the last message in Matthew that we started two years ago. And I had no idea that on this day I would be preaching, uh, leading us right up to our missions conference for this year. Today and next Sunday, we're going to be looking at the mission of the church. I'm going to ask you a question. What is a mission? Well, you could say a mission is a purpose. It's the reason that an organization or that a cause exists. We can see throughout our world today, many people have a mission. Look at our country. Many people are promoting their mission, their purpose, the things that they do. When I ask what the mission of the church is, there would be many responses. Some would say that the mission of the church is to provide fellowship for believers. Others would say that the mission of the church is to teach and preach doctrine. And I am sure that there would be as many answers to what the mission of the church is as there would be people asked. But I want to let you know something. That there's only one mission of the church. There are quite a few things that can help us prepare or equip us for the mission. To help us get ready for the mission. Fellowship's one of them. Teaching's another one of them. But let me tell you, there's only one mission, one purpose, one reason that the church exists. 
I think the next question that would be well for us to ask is, where does the mission come from? Well, I believe that it comes from the motivation that we've been given in the Word of God. See, we get our motivation for the mission from Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. You say, well, what was Christ's motivation? Jesus Christ's motivation, you can find it all throughout his life, was what? To glorify the Father. Everything that he did was to glorify the Father. That's what motivated him. And Jesus glorified the Father by doing what? By seeking the lost. Jesus said that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. So the motivation for us is to glorify God. And the mission for us is to win men and women to Christ. John MacArthur said it this way, God loved the lost world and sought to win it to himself for his own glory. Christ came into the world, loved the lost world, and sought to win it to himself for the Father's glory. We are sent into the world to love the lost world, to seek to win the lost world for the glory of God the Father. So our mission is the same mission Christ had. It's the same mission God the Father had. In John chapter 17, verses 3 and 4, the Bible says, And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Jesus says, I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. You know, this is our mission, friends. See, the only reason that we're here is to seek the lost, to win men and women, boys and girls, to the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the purpose. That is the mission for the church. And guess what? A lot of times we like to think of the church, right? Macro, the church. That's the mission of the church. That's right, pastor. That's the mission of the church. Guess what? You're the church. That's your mission. We need to take this to the micro level. That is your mission. That's the purpose for your life. Your motivation and my motivation is to glorify God. And our mission is to win the lost. So as you look at your life this morning in the light of God's word, as you evaluate how committed you are to Christ, the first question that you have to ask yourself and that I must ask myself, is, am I on mission? See, being on mission, here's the take home for you. Being on mission is your mission. <laughs> being on mission is your mission. And there are some universal truths for those who are on mission. You might say, oh, how do I know if I'm on mission, Pastor? How do I know that? That's a good question. But there are some universal truths from this passage of Scripture here in Matthew 28 that we can see that people that are on mission, they have. These are some truths that will be a part of your life. First, number one, write this down if you would, please. If you are on mission, you are available. Verse 16. The 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. If you are on mission, you are available. See, you can never accomplish the mission if you're not available for the mission. You know, there are many activities and responsibilities and commitments that we all have in our lives, no doubt. And I am not 
I'm not debating that fact. All of us have different responsibilities and commitments. And many times what happens is we say, well, pastor, you know, if I lived back in the, the olden days, if I lived back years and years ago, I would be more available for this. It's just life is so crazy. Guess what? That's not true. Humanity, when not intentional, always drifts to complexity. We will always drift to complexity. And there'll be more things to crowd out the important in our life. See, if you and I, if we are not intentional, intentional about being available, we'll always drift towards unavailability. I would love to, but I just can't. Oh, well, I'll be able to do that when a, li a little bit later on in life. When I don't have as many responsibilities. When the kids grow up, hey, been there, done that, and I've got the t-shirt. But the simple fact of the matter is, we must be intentional about being available. See, the reality is that we put the lesser of our responsibilities and commitments in our lives in the forefront. We, we put it in front of our main responsibility and our main responsibility as believers is to be on mission. The question is, are you on mission? Because being on mission is your mission. The reason that we're not available for the mission is because we get sucked into the mentality of a self-centered society, right? Do we not do that at times? And many Christians, if we're not careful, uh, we, we buy into this worldview and we got to fight it, right? Think about the last time. Here, let me give you this example here. Think about the last time you got an increase in your salary. What was your first thought? Was it the things of the world? Or was it the things of God? Was it, now I can buy, dot, dot, dot. Or was it, now I can give more to the work of God to help win souls? And I'm not saying it's wrong to buy things. But I want you to see, my point is, how we can get sucked into the self-centeredness. We get off mission. See, a person who is on mission is available. That means, you say, what does it mean to be available? That they're ready for service. See, if you're tied down, and I'm tied down to this world and all that, it, all that it does to consume our time, we can't be available. We can't be ready for service. And this verse, verse 16, unveils the truth, the universal truth of one who is on mission. Jesus told his disciples to be at a specific mountain. Now, uh, we don't know what specific mountain, but they did, and they showed up. And Jesus wants all believers to start with being available. These disciples, they were available. They went to where Jesus told them. They were available to be able to be part of the mission. I want, to ask, I want you to ask yourself this morning, is your checkbook available to support the mission? Is your calendar available to help fulfill the mission? Is your conversation available to help tell about the mission? Is your conduct available to help reinforce the mission? Are you on mission? See, it's critical. It's critical for all of us to understand that being available is a universal truth for a person who is on mission. Think about it. If these disciples would not have went to the mountain where Jesus pointed them, they would have never been a part of the mission. Are you on mission? 
Is your life aligned on mission? Is there any part of your life that is not aligned with the mission? See, this is where it all starts. This is being the church, being on mission. So the first universal truth that we must all check to see in our life is, are we available? If you're on mission and I'm on mission, we will be available for service. Secondly, write this down. Verse 17, you are devoted. You are devoted. We see that in Matthew chapter 28, verse 17. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. When they were on the mountain, Jesus appears to them. And when they saw Jesus, the effect was so powerful that they dropped to their knees and worshiped him. To be devoted is another way to say worship. See, devoted is a synonym to the word worship. And worship that's used here, it, 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 what happened here is that it means to prostrate oneself before. It means to bow down. So when Jesus appeared to them on the mountain, the effect was so great that they bowed down and worshiped him. They were worshiping Jesus as God because, in fact, he is God. And that was proven by the resurrection. And this worship was a, res a recognition of his deity. And what I find interesting is that this only happened after the resurrection. The disciples were only engaged in this kind of form of adoration to Jesus after the resurrection. See, the feeling of the Jews at that day was that they were totally averse to worshiping of any type of creature. And this devotion to Christ, to worship him, this very act reveals the proof of their faith in Jesus Christ as God exalted over all. The Bible tells us here, and this is what I love about the Bible. The Bible could have left this out, this last part, but it didn't. The Bible shows us all parts of the life of these disciples. It says here that they worshiped Jesus, but some doubted. Now, I want you to understand, it wasn't that they doubted the resurrection. But what they doubted was if it was really Jesus or not. See, you can find in multiple places in Scripture where the followers of Christ did not recognize the risen Savior right away. This could be because um, that, that day on the mountain that there were so many followers of Christ there that, that they could not see Christ. Say, what do you mean? It says the 11 went there. Well, I want you to turn over 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 6 because I believe that there was more than the 11 there. I believe that there was more that meant Jesus on that mountain than the 11. I believe that it was about the, the 500 that scripture mentions that saw Jesus Christ here. Take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 6. After that, it says, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remain until this present, but some are fallen asleep. See, I believe that not only 11 went to that mountain, but I believe that the 500 went to that mountain as well. More than 500, it says. And so there could have been some that couldn't see Jesus because he was further away. They couldn't see him clearly. And I know that Jesus was at a distance. You say, wait a second, how do you know that he was at a distance? In verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them. 
that word came there is just for a little bit of technical stuff for you. It's the aorist active participle, which means came nearer. So when Jesus appeared, he was further away, and it says that he came nearer. The other reason some might have doubted is because some of them may have never seen Jesus in his resurrected body. So some doubted that it was Jesus Christ at first. You know what I find interesting, friend? Is that we, like the disciples, we don't doubt the resurrection of Christ. Instead, we doubt the Christ of the resurrection. We don't doubt the resurrection of Christ. We doubt the Christ of the resurrection. See, because we can't see Christ clearly working in our situation, we doubt. Since we can't see how God is going to open up the door, we doubt. Since we don't understand what God is doing, we doubt. But once Christ spoke to them, they knew it was him. There might have been initial doubt, my friends, when Je but when Jesus came near and spoke to them, all doubt was erased. Their doubt was turned into confident faith. And no doubt they felt ashamed, as every doubter does. But the midst of doubt was driven away by the shining sun of truth. See, the point is that they might have initially doubted, but they were transformed into devoted followers of Christ. See, when they saw that it was Christ that was risen, and when they heard the, the words of Christ that day, nothing else mattered to them. They were devoted. It didn't matter what kind of house they lived in. They were devoted. It didn't matter how much money they had. They were devoted. It didn't matter what type of family they came from. They were devoted. It didn't matter what type of job they had. They were devoted. It didn't matter what anybody else had. After they had known that it was the Lord, they saw the Lord and they heard him speak, they were devoted. You say, how do you know that? Because it was them and the 120 in Jerusalem that turned the world upside down. See, the reason they turned the world upside down is because they were on mission. Friend, are you on mission? See, everybody has a mission. And I can tell you if you're on mission, if you're available, and if you're devoted. You say, how do I know if I'm available? I'd like you to do this. Take a look at your calendar. How do I know if I'm available and devoted? Take a look at your checkbook. See, these two things, in all honesty, they reveal your priorities. There might be some, well, say, that's not true. That is not true. Well, I'll just tell you what Jesus had to say. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew 16, 24, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. See, your calendar and your checkbook will tell you if you're available or if you're devoted. See, the big question, friend, this morning is not, do you have a mission? The question is, are you on mission? And being on mission is our mission. My friend, if you don't know Christ, your personal Savior, you can't be on mission. 
if you've never accepted Jesus, the risen Lord, and you've never asked him to forgive you of your sins, and you've never put your faith and trust in him, you've got a mission, but you're living for yourself. You're living for someone else. You're living for something else because all of us have a mission. But friend, that mission's going to fail you. Let me tell you something. Jesus Christ came to earth and died for your sins and for mine. And his whole mission was to glorify the Father. And the way that he glorified the Father was seeking the lost. He wanted to seek and to save that which was lost. That means you and that means me. Today, you can put your trust in Christ. You can put your faith in Christ. It's as simple as recognizing that you're a sinner. The Bible tells us that all have sinned. And we've fallen short of the glory of God. We can't get into heaven by our good works, by our good deeds, by giving us enough money, by being faithful to a church, by, by doing religious activities. The Bible says that none of that's any good. We're sinners. All our goodness falls short from God. It's as filthiness to God because he's perfect. He's holy. And it's realizing and accepting the fact, believing that you're a sinner, and that realizing that Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for your sins. That was his mission. And not only that he died, but he rose again three days later, according to the scripture. And today, you can put your trust in him by simply saying, maybe calling out to God this way, say, God, I know that I'm a sinner according to your word, and I believe your word. And I'm asking you now to forgive me of my sins. And I'm placing my faith in you. I'm trusting you. I'm not going to trust in my good works. I'm not going to trust in my religion. I'm not going to trust in the money that I may give to the church. I'm not going to trust in anything else except for you. I know according to your word that you are the only way to heaven. And I'm asking you now to forgive me of my sins and to come into my life so that when I die, I can go to be with you. Friend, if you ask Christ into your heart and your life today, what I'd like to do is I'd like for you to be a help to me so I can be a help to you. Could you, could you do that? Could you just fill out that connection card? You'll see a, uh, a little link down there at the bottom of uh, this broadcast, and you can click on that link. And if you will be a help to me and fill that out, I want to be a help to you. So by you doing that, you're actually helping yourself, okay? And I want to send you this book done, written by a friend of mine, what most religions don't tell you about the Bible. It'll be an encouragement to you. And then I want to send you this Bible, a brand new Bible, to be able to help you in your journey with Jesus, help you with your walk in Jesus. You know, just like a newborn baby, you would not leave that baby alone. It needs help to grow. Guess what, friend? If you've accepted Christ, you are what we call a babe in Christ, and we are thrilled. But we want to help you grow to become a, a, a mature adult in Christ. All of us are growing. We're at different stages. But I believe that the Word of God will be able to help you. And we'll send both of these books, this Bible and this book, to you at no charge. No charge to you. We'll send it out for free if you'll just fill out that electronic connection card. There have been others that have done that, and we've been able to send material to them to be able to help them in their walk with Christ. Friend, maybe uh, you do know Christ today. Let me ask you, are you on mission? Are, are you helping others 
to come to the saving knowledge of Lord Jesus Christ. Are you available and are you devoted to the mission? Remember, being on mission is our mission. God bless you, and I look forward to being with you next week. Have a great day. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.